my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Earle, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. We are so excited to have you with us today. And we have, as usual, a really cool guest. Today, we're going to bring on Ann Tucker. And Ann is a, a coach, and she's going to teach us how not to doubt, because we all have our doubts. And so this is going to be a really exciting show, and I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are, too. But right now, let's sit back and relax, and let's listen a little bit to what Ann has to say out of her book, and it's called Undoubtedly Awesome. It's your own personal roadmap from doubt to flow. So here we go. Sit back and relax. And here she says, we own our decisions. I love this. In the same way that we own our cars, our houses, we also own our decisions. After you commit to choice and that choice becomes yours, your subconscious decides that it likes the one you choose more than others, more, the one you chose more than others. Whatever you didn't choose becomes less appealing. Think about the close-run contest on the first season of America Idol. I love this analogy. Kelly Clark Clarkston beat Justin Guerrini, and I can't even pronounce his name properly, by a mere 16%. It was a tie, it was a tidy win, but not a landslide. Now, you may be asking yourself, Justin who? I had to look up his last name, she says. In 2002, he was so present in the hearts and minds of Americans that 63 million people paid money to vote for him via text message. In the end, we decided to go with Kelly. Now we like her much, much more, and Justin has faded from our spotlight. We even gave Kelly a few Grammy Awards, and we feel better and better about the decision with each new song of hers that we buy. Isn't that the truth? Poor Justin. The process may have been hard on him, but this is a very good thing for your happiness. You feel good about what you decided. And she goes on to say that the degree of ownership you feel in your decision depends upon how much of an investment you make in that choice. When you make an investment in a decision, it becomes personal because you put something of yourself into it. It is somehow linked to you and your self-image. Isn't that the truth? Some decisions are personal because they have a large impact on your life, such as your choice of career. But even the smallest decisions have the potential to become personal if you're invested in them in some way. This is really cool. Listen to this. So General Mills figured this out when they when they introduced a Betty Crocker cake mix. And that was completely it was complete in the box. And all the customer had to do was just add water. But sales were unexpectedly terrible. After some careful thought, General Mills changed the mix so that bakers had to add water and eggs. This made the customer feel like they were really baking, so they liked the product much more. The new Add Eggs Betty Crocker Cake mix was a huge success because it allowed customers to invest their time in their eggs in the product. It became more personal. Things can become personal when we invest time or resources in them and when they provide self-expression or when they have a significant impact on our lives. This is from 
Anne's book, and this is fantastic. Let me tell you a little bit about Anne, because as I read her book, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I doubted that much, but she's going to take us today from doubt to flow. And here's what she says. Ann Tucker says, I, I have spent years working at the top of the corporate world, coaching executives and advising them on how to reach their goals in the workplace. I was successful, but found myself asking, is this all there is? After a truly global search with some wonderful teachers and mentors, I've embraced my purpose as a spiritual healer, author, and the founder of Wisdom Soup, which we'll talk about too, helping to redefine business for the spiritual age. Welcome to High Road, Ann Tucker. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you. Thanks. And tell us your story. You were a coach. How long were you a coach? I'm really interested in, in your background. Yeah, I mean, well, doing executive coaching was about eight years. I started out in a, or gosh, actually it was more than that. Um, I started out in a bigger firm and, uh, and that was a, one of the, most of executive coaching firms are small. There are little uh, onesie, twosie, you know, individual smaller shops and, and, but there's a few bigger, bigger ones out there. Um, and I was there, I was working mostly with tech companies and med tech companies. And then uh, I left with a partner and we started our own firm. Um, it's still in that sector, still working with tech and med tech and did that for another five or six years. And then it was, it just got to a point that, especially because I was working in that sector, it's such a left brained field, um, that I found that when I came to work, I had to leave so much of myself at the door that it just was, it became less and less satisfying, right? I couldn't well, me, really, yeah, yeah? I, I need to ask you a question because I need to understand what did you teach these guys? I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> and women, I mean, yeah. I, I've was, I'm a real estate broker. I'm a spiritual person more than I'm a real estate broker now, but I mean, I, I've been in the business world for years, but what did you go in and teach these people? I mean, what yeah, was your, what was your focus, I guess? Yeah. Well, my focus, cause I started out as a, uh, way back at the beginning of my career, I was a negotiator for Microsoft. So all of my training was around decisions. So yeah. it was about learning about how people make decisions and the process and the thinking. And so when I went into coaching and when I started executive coaching, that that was my natural in. So I was the decision person. So what ended up happening is that that became the focus of my work with people. So I would be doing, and that was how I developed this methodology is okay. I would be looking at them. I would sort of, okay, how do you see your strengths and your weaknesses? And then I would do what we call a 360, which is when I talk to everybody that works with them and get their perspective on this person's strengths and weaknesses. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and I started, to, oh, it's, it's an amazing process. It really oh, is. Cause cool. you, you cool. start to, you, there's no hiding, you know what I mean? Everything comes to the surface. <laughs> wow. But I started to be able to see that there were patterns really clear. And I was always looking at specifically at one thing. I was looking at how they would make choices in the workplace because it's such a decision. If you're going to go for like, what is the biggest bang for your buck in terms of personal growth? I think decisions are it because decisions are at the beginning of everything you do and they determine everything that comes next. So if you're looking for like, what is the one thing, the one place you can grab onto and, and affect everything else, the first domino is your decisions. Okay. So so that was my focus because I was so, so specifically focused, I started to see these patterns and the more I worked with it, this whole model developed. So everything okay. that's in the book, the seven different soul types came yeah. from my work with executives. 
when, at what point, and, and I think it's awesome, and you guys, you have to read this book because it's so cool. And I did find my soul type in here, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> and I found my husband's, too. I'm like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's why he does that. But um, <laughs> before we get to that, I just want to know, at one point, did you – you started to mention earlier that you um, you were getting up and you were going to work and you felt like something was missing. Is that the spiritual part? And how did that evolve, yeah. by the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, there was not only the truth of being a woman working in a predominantly male environment. I mean, everywhere I went, I always had the women's restroom entirely to myself, you know, be like this giant <laughs> palace was all mine. <laughs> I love it. That's great. But- but it was on top of that. So there was that piece of it that I had to leave at the door. I always felt like I had to leave my femininity at the door. But then I also, as I was going, I started going through my own spiritual awakening. And this was, I was having psychic experiences and it was, I was really opening up and things that I was, wasn't able to explain or control. And so, and, and that started, I just, I was sort of opening up and, and blooming in a bunch of different ways. And that piece of it, I also had, I couldn't talk about that at, at work. And I couldn't talk about the insights I was having. Um, I, you know, I would have to sort of couch everything, even as I came to understand that I, what I called, I called the work back then decision types. I didn't call it soul types, but I came to understand that what I was talking about was their creative source energy, which is their soul type. And I just, but I, that whole much more interesting piece of it, I couldn't even say it was, it was too, just too limiting. Well, and, and, so you were intuitive. So as you were doing your work, you were becoming more intuitive. You started to realize you're not working with their heads. You're working with their souls. Yeah. But because of our structure in the world, you couldn't say anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So That's and I frustrating. Oh, totally. And you'd have to do your best. You'd have to say, okay, well, you know, you have to couch everything in corporate friendly language. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still do a lot, right? You don't have to... Not everything has to sound magical to be effective. <laughs> so, so you learned, what did you do? Did you learn to phrase things differently to yes. people? That's yeah, what you did. I did. But okay. it's still like I want to be able to talk to people about how they manifest using their decisions. Like you really get, there's so much more depth to this that I couldn't bring. And it, it's all about really understanding that the way that energy flows not only through each decision that you make, but through every everything you create has to go through these seven different steps, seven different, and there's seven different types of manifesting energy. And each of us has just one, the one that we is our, we have the one that we're naturally great at, the one that we're born with. Well, wait, let me stop you. How did you, okay, I talk about energy in my book to wake up the universe is speaking to you. And I totally believe that's how everything functions. But how did you come up with the seven different types? Like, where did that come from? Did that come from God? Did that come from meditation or? It came from, a lot of it was channeled. And, okay. and then, and I then thought. it was, yeah, it was a combination of, um, me being very specifically guided <laughs> to, okay, go pick up this book, go read this, go, you know what I mean? Being direct, directed in the right places and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then channeling it and then seeing it reflected in the work that I was doing. And it was observing this pattern as it just, everything just sort of emerged, if you can imagine. So, and then the more that I tested it and once I, I'm a very, I'm a skeptical person, right? I'm a person who has to test and has to be sure and has to, I'm very rigorous that way. Right. So once I came up with the model, I tested it against every other model that's out there. And I said, okay, what are the similarities? What are the differences to make sure that what I had would stand up 
in every way. And it was, it just, so it got crisper and crisper and crisper as I went. Now it's to the point where I'm, it's really solid. <laughs> well, yeah, because I will tell you, and we've only got a minute here before break, but I will tell you when I read the book, I mean, it, it took me a while and I got through it and then I got to your flow chart and we'll talk about the flow chart. And, and Anne asks us a very simple question. Um, you need to go out and buy a washer and dryer and, and you follow her steps and then you figure out what your, your soul type is by your answers. And we'll talk more about that. Hey, the book is called, just so you guys know, Undoubtedly Awesome by Ann Tucker, Your Own Personal Roadmap from Doubt to Flow. And thanks so much. Come come and join us back at the High Road and listen to more about Ann Tucker's life and how she figured out how this stuff works. Okay, take care. <laughs> Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law. You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road. And we're here today with Ann Tucker, and she's telling us how to work on our doubts. And it's interesting. We were talking on the break. We're both business people and, and became more spiritual. And it's interesting. As you grow, it seems like you become more spiritual. And, and I was asking Ann on the break, you know, when... You know, how did it all come about, you know, and it all just fell together? I mean, did you have a vision or how did it start exactly? Um, it was, oh gosh, I mean, the the way that the book came together and the way that all of that came together. Yeah, or even just you realizing you weren't very spiritual before, were you? No, and it was, um, you know, it was really, I, like I said, I started having these unexplained experiences. So, um, Can you tell one, us what they yeah, were? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so cool. one of them, um, I, you know, I was starting to get interested in the stuff. And I had a friend of mine who was going to go to this uh, seminar at a local bookstore. And it was somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. I thought, okay, I'll go and see her. And it happened to be this woman who was a, um, she was doing a past life regression and it oh, wasn't my, that wasn't something I was super turned on to, but I thought, okay, yeah, I'll go and see my friend. And she was leading us, the instructor was leading us through a meditation. She had us lying on the floor and she was beating a drum and I was having, you know, my little meditation and she just kind of let your mind go. And I started seeing myself, I became like a pool of water. 
And as I was a pool of water, all these different things came in and looked at me. And one was a rabbit came in and looked at me. And then another thing came and looked at me. And I got out of the meditation and she had us write down what we saw and share it. And I thought, okay, mine's really weird. (laughs) But I had to say it out loud, you know. And then, and I just think, oh, that was just a mind blurb. You know what I mean? It was nothing. So then I go home and I walk in the door and there on the dining room table is a brand new book with on the cover the very rabbit that looked in at me when I was a pool of water. And I picked it up and I asked my husband, and he said, what was this? And he, and he says he was at the bookstore. And when I was in the meditation, he was at the bookstore. And every book he picked up was the thing that looked in at me when I was the pool of water. Oh, my goodness. And I had it in writing. Like, I'd written it down. I'd shared it out. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew it because then I had the book to prove it. You know what I mean? It was, And so right. it was things like that that were just happening all the time. Synchronicity. Yeah. And, and so it was stuff where I was, I was seeing stuff. I was having awarenesses. It was, so it just became where I couldn't ignore it. (laughs) And I became really interested naturally. Yeah. And then you talk about, you say the seven, now what do you you call them? The seven different soul types, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I was amazed because when you go through your flow chart and what she does, well, and tell, tell the question and how you go down. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, if you don't mind being a, being our guinea pig, we can do it on you. Okay. You already know your soul type, but we can at least demonstrate the process for people. So, so because of the fact that we're focusing in so specifically on one thing, which is how you make choices, we can get to the answer in a really fast way. You don't have to take a 25 page survey. It's literally three questions. Um, So the first question is, um, in general, do you make decisions slower or faster than the people around you? Faster. Faster. So, okay. So second question is, um, if you were to run into somebody in the grocery store that you knew, how much of your story would you reveal to them? Would you give them just the facts and the details? So would you be more like Spock, be more data oriented? This is what I did. This is where I went. Or would you go to the other end of the spectrum? Would you tell them all about how it made you feel and how it affected you? Would you say, oh my gosh, I was at the grocery store and I saw this cookie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The more expressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So more like Lucille Ball. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, do you hear what happened? Yeah, that's me. So now we're down between two soul types. So I have to give you two choices and you're going to like both, but you have to choose one. So between these two, are you most drawn to um, uh, developing solutions or are you more drawn to um, uh, influencing and persuading others? Influencing. So that would make you an expressive. Yeah. And that's what I came up with. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an expressive soul y'all. Yeah, exactly. And what that means, did you want to share it? I can give you a quick rundown. Yeah, give me a rundown. Tell me what tell me what it means. I can read it in the book, but I'd rather hear it from you, Anne. Yes. <laughs> so right. as an expressive soul, the specific gift in, in each of the souls were really part of a of a puzzle. And each of us brings a very specific goal to serve in terms of the total process of creation. And the piece that you bring as an expressive is that ability to, to speak. So if you were a part of the body, you would be like the throat, is that you are able, of all the soul types, you're the one that's most connected to the heart space. So rather than having your thoughts and feelings or your impressions come up and filter through that left brain and go through and get processed and then 
takes you people a time to figure out how they feel, not for expressives. You experience something, you know immediately your point of view, and you express it. It comes right out. It's a very direct connection. So it makes you faster at coming to that conclusion. You're also able to feel into it and to discover where is the drama in this? Where is the excitement? What matters? Where Where is the heartstrings? How can I express this in a way that's going to be the most powerful, that's going to speak to people's hearts? So you're able to speak other people's truth for I them in see. a way that makes you very, very influential. You know, and it makes sense because I've always wanted to speak on the radio. That's so crazy. I mean, since I was young, I always wanted to speak on the radio and I don't know. Yeah. 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 And it really is it's, it's that ability to tell our story. And it's its by telling it, you help us to understand ourselves. So for a lot yes. of people, for people but who are not expressives, it can be really hard for us sometimes to understand or get in touch with our feelings. Is that, is that for, for the rest of the soul types, is that it can be a situation where we just know we're uncomfortable or we it's in there somewhere, they're discomfort, but they just can't put a finger on it. Along comes an expressive to wrap it in a beautiful story or a beautiful metaphor. And they just say, oh my my gosh, that's me. That's exactly how I feel. And then mm-hmm. the expressive is able to connect it to something larger than ourselves, to connect it to, to make sense of the ways in which we sacrifice in our lives or when we work hard at something. Expressives can help us to, to frame that in a way that gives meaning to our lives. So they play a really important role. Now, you also, I mean, you give the, the positive side, which I love that part, but yeah. you also give where doubt creeps in. So yeah. for me, where would my doubt creep in, I guess? Yeah. So, and it's really interesting. It's it's very specific to each soul type because as a, as a soul type, as you're making your decision, the way that you make it, there's a specific process that each of us has. And it's, it's, it's not really what you're thinking about, it's how you're doing it. The actual thought process that you go to is what determines what it is that you are creating. So your specific thought process allows you access to your gifts. It allows you to have this direct connection to heart, this this immediate point of view and ability to express it with power. But that very same uh, uh, construction, that very same formula that you use to, to think and to, to process also leaves room, it opens you up to doubt because it can make you, that that quickness can cause you to be what we would label in society as being impulsive. That, that there you go. Faster than usual. <laughs> and impulsive yeah. can have a bad rap, right? Because people only think about it as like kids blurting out in class, but, but it's what gives you your gift. It's that quickness is what gives you the ability to connect to the emotion and to be able to express it so quickly. But there may be times that you, in a moment, you feel great about something and you commit to doing five different things and then later realize that you've overcommitted yourself or that you've committed the same resource to five different things or wish you hadn't signed up for something, right? It can be a thing where in living in the now, because as an expressive connected to the emotions, emotions are very much in the now, you'll make choices based on how you feel right now without necessarily thinking about how you'll feel in the future. Right. And that's true. That's true. Because I'm one of these people, yes, I can do that. And then later it's like, oh, do I really want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) So you're exactly right. So when you coach people today, so I have a question. Now, this is important. So you were coaching all these execs and and they were, and I, you know, you, you had to be really careful how you spoke and what words you chose. So when did you you know, flip it? When did you change it up? And did some of those guys come along with you? Uh, is my question. 
Do you know, actually, it's interesting. I, I do um, still coach. I, I stopped doing it for a while. I left the firm. I left all of my clients um, and stopped doing it in, entirely. Yeah, it was it was really a, a serious leap of faith. Um, and but it was just to a point where I felt like um, it was it was like if I, I kind of I thought, OK, if I'm going to if I was going to coach myself, you know, what would I do here? And I my advice to myself would have been go all in, you know, if you're going to do this, do it. <laughs> so, yeah. so I did. So I quit and I started wisdom soup and I, but the cool thing is, is now the, I'm going back. I left business entirely. Now I'm coming back into business and I've actually been coaching. Uh, like I actually had my first CEO client as an, uh, as a healer, as an energy healer, um, yeah. uh, just recently. And that was fun beyond belief. It was wow. super. And to be able to come in and say, yes, this is what I'm offering and this. And, and he loved it. Absolutely loved your, it. But he came into it knowing that that's what I was offering. Well, so. you're speaking your truth. You're being true to yourself. This is yeah. who you are. And that's yeah. so fantastic. And that's why you had to stop and say, wait a minute. Cause once you start doing the spiritual stuff and, and, you know, tell me how you feel about it. It's like, it comes from your soul and you can't go back. You just yeah. can't go back. It's, it's hard. It's like for me in real estate, you know, people still ask me to do real estate and I still do some transactions for people. I help people, yeah. not a lot, but it's really difficult for me because it's a whole different realm and it puts me back into a different mm, with people with different frames of mind than I have now, yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And so it's almost like you're going backwards and I'm wonderful at real estate and I can sell all day long, but that's not what's in my heart and soul. And that's why I kind of backed off and, and got into So I understand completely what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. You can't go back. Yeah. Once you are in touch with God, source, whatever you want to call it, and you get these messages just like you did, then when you're helping somebody, God, you can help them so much more than you ever could before, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. So, yeah. And it's hard to, it's like putting the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm, and I'm realizing that too, you know, I'm saying, oh, okay. Now, will you, and I'm going to get to this a little quicker than I wanted to, but um, you, you have something that's called Wisdom Soup and it's an app, you guys. Yeah. Um, you can, I downloaded it yesterday. Can you, we've got about two minutes. Will you give us some information on the Wisdom app and, and how that came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things as I was going down my path, one of the things I really struggled with was finding really great teachers. Um, it, there's no, there's no board that certifies. There's no, like, how do you know if you're connecting with somebody who's connected at a very high level, right? There's lots of channels in the world, but some of them are just channeling uncle Eddie. You know what I mean? Like you want to, <laughs> you want somebody okay. <laughs> who's tuned in at a very high vibration. Yeah. Um, and you want, you know, you, you, you're really, you're, you're, uh, and even as I found one person, it was, there was no direct connection. Okay. Here's you stop here. Then you go to the next one. I was looking for fast progress. I wanted answers. I wanted, I'm, you know, I wanted to really get moving. And so I thought, okay, once I got there, once I started building, building this network of people that I know, um, I decided to try to solve that problem. So the app does that. The, the app connects people who are wanting to develop their spirituality and their spiritual gift with the teachers and the mentors that can help them break through. And so all of the people that are on there are people that I've worked with that are amazing. Um, and there's a feed where people post where there's, it's, it's a really lively community. We're supported by meetups, um, both in Seattle and San Diego. Um, but it's really, really the, the major benefit of, aside from the feed and just being a cool place to connect is the fact that you can, 
uh, work one-on-one with amazing teachers, healers, and coaches. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, we are here today, you guys, with Ann Tucker, and she has a wonderful book. It's called Undoubtedly Awesome, and she has a really cool app, which I just downloaded yesterday. It's called Wisdom Soup, and we'll talk more about that um, when we come back because I want to find out you know, what I can do to help on, you know, do I get in there and do I give my services? I don't know. We'll talk about it after the break. We'll be right back on High Road to Humanity, but make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Thompson, co-founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kamla for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kamla, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kamla charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kunki. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howda. Kamla and her mother, Bai Tui, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, this is Nancy Yearout, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, when you get a chance, check out my website. It's nancyyearout.com, and I do some uh, business coaching, some personal coaching. I'll, I'll do couples coaching if you'd like me to, and I do speak at many venues. So get on there and check me out and send me messages. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. You can email me at nancy at highroadtohumanity.com. And, Ann, give us all your information. You know, Ann Tucker's here with us. Ann, tell us how everybody can find you. Absolutely. So I have my, uh, my website is antucker.com. Um, you can also find me on the Wisdom Soup app, which is for Android and iPhone. So you can download that from the App Store or from Google Play. And um, and that's where you can get in touch with me the best. The um, uh, On Ann Tucker, you'll see I'm actually offering something new right now, which is called Business Energetics. And it's related to the book and the soul types, but it takes it to the next level. And um, it's it's really geared towards solopreneurs. Um, uh, the current, what I'm currently working on, it's geared towards specifically because you talk about the seven different soul types and the seven different ways of manifesting. Well, when you're a solopreneur, you're trying to do everything yourself. You're trying to be a jack of all trades. So you really do. And, and when you're creating something, um, and I think this is so fascinating. And once you realize it, it's like one of those things that you think, oh, aha, I should have known this all along, but it's not until you think about it that, 
we all talk about manifesting, right? And and most of us know the steps to manifesting. If you're listening to this show, you know about manifesting. And so if I said, okay, how am I going to manifest a uh, a first class upgrade on a flight? And you would go through a specific set of steps, right? You'd see it as if you already had it. You'd ask for it. You'd go through these experience these things. You'd feel it. You'd see yourself sitting there yes. in the chair. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, but that's different from manifesting a business. Right. And the reason for it is that the first class upgrade, that chair is already in existence. It's already here on the earth plane. So all you're trying to do is move it towards you. So those steps that we go through are really great if you're trying to take something that exists and move it towards you. But okay. if you want to create something, if you want to bring something that doesn't exist from the astral down onto the earth plane, it takes a different set of steps. And wow. it's yeah, you're teaching, you're teaching me some cool stuff here. Continue <laughs> on. Yeah. All right. Well, because no, because I know what you're talking about. Because when I would sell houses years ago, you know, or even when I decided to do this radio show, I mean, you just it's out there and you decide this is what you want to do and you think yeah. about it and you feel it and you bring it on in. Yeah. But now a business is it's different and you're saying it's coming down. OK, yeah. continue on. And think about it like it's the same as it's like everything in the universe It's universe. This planet was created for us and it's governed by certain laws there's certain ways certain things like gravity is one of those laws it just is and we all work within it it's the same thing with creation is that we have to follow the same process that nature does when it wants to create something so if you look at how how nature creates it goes through a series of steps and those are energetic steps and we have to do the same series of steps in order to create anything so we are we're creative so we those steps you go from if you think about like a plant and think about the plant and animal kingdoms. You go from the process of uh, you develop the seed and then that seed has to germinate and then that seed has to go up and seek light and then it has to reach down and find water. And then an animal comes along and eats the plant, right? And then it, the plant grows. You know what I mean? It's like there's a yeah. series of things right. that creates life, that propagates life. Right. And each of those can be broken down and looked at individually and looked at as a, as a, a form of manifestation. And if I can take that process... That whole chain from seed to animal and break it out and say, okay, each there's a one of the seven types, seven soul types owns each phase, one phase in this process. Okay. And which one is it? So when you look at your business, you can say, and here's what's really what's hard specifically for solopreneurs, is we have the one piece of it that we really rock at, that we're born with, that we're good at. And right. people will do that. And then they have two or three other soul types. And you probably noticed when you read the book, there's two or three others. You're like, oh, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. And so you'll have two or three other things in this process that you are also good at. So when you're trying to run your business, you do the thing you're really good at. And you do the two or three other things or four things, whatever it is, that you mm -hmm. can also manage. And then there's going to be two or maybe three things that you don't even see. Okay. that are so foreign to you that you are, might even have blocks against or that you're in resistance to. So when you're getting along the chain, you're trying to go to build your business, build your business, you get to the spot where you need the next step, but you don't see it or you're not familiar with it, you don't know how to do it. It's just not part of your awareness. So you're okay. just stuck and plateaued and you're like, I can't, what is wrong? I'm working my rear off. So what people do is whenever you're really stuck, you start feeling uncomfortable and you doubt yourself. So you go back and you do the thing you're really good at again. So if that thing you're really good at is your 
you're really great at creating stuff. Okay, great. You're going to go back and you're going to create a whole bunch more seeds, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, or yeah. If you're, if you're a people person, you're going to go back and ask more people their input, but it right. never gets you to the step that you need to take, right? You're just going back and redoing the same four or five steps over and over and over again, and you're never breaking through. So, so is this a new book that you've come out with or, or is it this was a- supposed to, it started out, I, this is crazy, but I got the download for this, the literally the minute I hit the go button to publish my first book. Like I, I, I hit, I, I'd been working on it. Like the last two weeks was like crunch time, you know, just, just like I hadn't done laundry in weeks. And, <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. And, and I pressed the go button and I'm sitting there just going, Oh, I did it. And then right in that moment, kaboom, like the next model came in and it was, and I so I just, I literally, I had to get it on paper. So I spent the next two weeks, I wrote nonstop 30 pages, single spaced, get this whole model on paper. Yeah. It just came and it was like graphs wow. and charts. And I mean, like, boom, it came out. Okay. And, and then I set it aside and cause I needed to get back to life. And then I went out and I applied what I learned to build wisdom soup. So I said, okay, if this really works, let's, let's, I'm a skeptical person. Let me try it. You know, if this is, this is what I need to do, let me go do it. So I went and I, and I, it helped me to see where my own blocks had been historically. And I went and I worked through them okay. and I created wisdom soup. So, and now I'm at a place where I, then I, once that, once I got through it and I realized this is pretty cool stuff, I brought so it back wisdom, around. Okay. So oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, wisdom yeah. soup was your way of, so the information that came after you hit send on your other book yeah was the creation of wisdom soup and you put it to a test to see if it would work it was it was this model of of how the seven different soul types manifest into a business so it was understanding how um energy flows through a business so really understanding how it how the process of creation works when you're trying to create something that doesn't exist um and when the role that each soul type plays, so it was taking the first model and overlapping it onto this new understanding mm-hmm. of, of how this affects what we want to create in the world. Okay. So, so I was going to turn that directly into a book. I have it half written. And then I realized, wait a minute, before I do that, I wanted to get it out into the world and let people okay. work with it and right. to make sure I'm teaching it in the clearest way possible. So I'm doing right now, I'm running my first mastermind using the model. So we're, right. we're midway through the mastermind. Um, and it's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, so I'm going to work with it, teach it for a while, and then I will eventually write, write it into a second book. I think that's really cool. I think that's really interesting. All of this makes a whole lot of sense when you, when you describe all this, Anne, it just makes a whole lot of sense because we're all a little bit different. And, and even, you know, I had my husband do this poor guy. He's a Guinea pig. He's sitting on the couch with me and I'm like, okay, let me figure out my soul type. And it did, it was exactly what you came up with. But, um, what was nice is when he did his, it was interesting because he answered the questions completely different, which surprised me. And then some of his characteristics were interesting to me, things I didn't really realize, you know, well, maybe I kind of knew, but then it kind of made more sense to me once I yes. read your, you know, description of his soul type. So it kind of helps because then you, you seem to understand that person maybe a little bit better because oh, in that moment, know, yeah, I was so like, true. oh, he's like that. Okay. Because he came up, I'll just tell you what, because it, well, let's see, how did he come up? I wrote it in my little book. I have all my little notes. You guys are going to check <laughs> But 
I think he came up like a coach or something like that. Like I was a three and he was a four or something like that. But I mean, he does, he's just such a nice person and does things for people, you know, not expecting anything back. And I'm like, Oh, that's his soul tech. That's what he did. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And does it help you now that you know all these things to understand your clients better? Hugely so. It makes, and, and it's really, really useful in working with my clients because you'll find a lot of times, um, and I was using it even back when I was working with corporate clients more, um, when there would be interpersonal conflict in the workplace when people weren't getting along. And if they were trying to do a project together, what would end up happening is people think, you know, we have our way of thinking and solving problems and we've never been inside of another person's head. We don't know how they do. We assume that everybody thinks about it the same way that we do. And what's even worse is that sometimes when people, especially when people are successful doing it their way, they start to think that their way is success. They start to think that their way of doing it is the way that you get to success. And mm -hmm. they don't understand that it's, no, you are one piece of the puzzle and your way is successful for that one piece, but you need these other different people. So, um, so what I would, there's actually, uh, this, these two guys that I was coaching that, uh, were trying, they were both super key to the organization. They were each managing the two areas that were considered to be the, the growth areas for the company. And um, they hated each other, like hated oh. working together, hated each other. So, and it was really destructive. So um, after working with them, what we found is that, is that they were, they were opposite soul types. And so one guy was saying, okay, you are always blocking me. You're trying to micromanage, get into my stuff. Every time I'm trying to move, you're there making it difficult. You know, this guy drives me crazy. And the second guy says about guy number one, he says, that guy is um, hiding stuff from me. He never tells oh me God. his plan. He's secretive. He's sabotaging me. He's deliberately shutting me out, right? So these two guys are just reading the worst possible intentions on, on each other. Okay. When in truth, what was really going on is that the first guy, the first guy, the second guy wanted a plan. He was a planner. He was like your husband. He was the one who wanted to know. He, he likes to lay things out and know where he's, he didn't say by the whole six months he went planned out before he takes step one. Right. Well, the first guy was, he never has a plan. He doesn't plan. That's his whole, his whole soul type is all about just jumping into action with no plan. So he's saying, well, that guy's blocking me. And then the, the second guy's saying, well, he won't show me his plan. And when I finally <laughs> told him, it's like, he doesn't have a plan. Oh my God. <laughs> he's not hiding it from you. He doesn't have one. <laughs> and here's why that's valuable. And here's why you need him. And then for the first guy, here's why the plan is valuable and why you need him. Here's how you can actually help each other. And literally after they got it, they hugged. Like it was, it was amazing. It was literally like, Lights it was turning a connection. on. And... It was a connection because yeah. here's what I see, Anne. As you're telling me this, I'm realizing we are so disconnected. And why are we disconnected? Because we're like, me, 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 and I know better, and I know better. Instead of looking at the other person's point of view, which is so cool that you did this, and then once they saw the other person's point of view and realized it wasn't deliberate or malicious or had right. personal, right. Right. then they're like, <laughs> Oh, you're okay. I love you. It's not personal. You really like me, you know? Yes. And do you find that a lot? Because we're in such a me society. I'm trying to get away from the me society is why yeah. I bring this up. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it, it's, you know, we are the best way we learn is from ourselves. Like we are, we are our own best learning ground. So they use that when you're, you know, when you're learning about, uh, you know, developing your EQ, your emotional 
uh, intelligence that you start with yourself as a model. But the problem with that is that it's it's limiting, that there's people are different from you. And so if you always assume that people are starting the same place that you are, it can lead to really bad misunderstandings. And and I think if you always start with assuming positive intent, it helps you to get out of that me perspective a little bit. Assume that everybody's coming from a place of service. Right, exactly. Think the best of people. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's what I always like to do. I always look at everything with a positive. All right, we'll be right back with Ann Tucker. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And we're here today with Ann Tucker. And I was talking to Ann on our commercial break, and I just said, you know, do you see a difference in people because we're all so disconnected? Do you see that people are starting to become connected again? So that was my question, Ann. Yeah, and I was I was just saying that that um it's funny, like I think that that as we um, our own vibration shifts, we attract towards us the people who are more in alignment with us. Mm-hmm. So my own experience of what's out in the world, I think might be a little off right now. <laughs> like my view of, I, I mean, I think everybody's wonderful and that's great, but I know that it's like, um, uh, that my experience of the world might not be the same as everybody else's experience of the world. Um, I do know though, here's what's interesting is I'm looking at the younger generation. I have a daughter who's 17 who um, uh, decided when she was 16, she had the self-awareness to recognize that when she was on social media, it made her feel bad. And she she put that together herself. And then she came to me and she says, mom, I'm deleting all of the apps from my phone. And she just decided to do it. And, and it was remarkable. I mean, just to have that self-awareness. So she did. 
And I noticed an, an immediate change in her self-image, in the way she talked about herself, um, night and day difference. Wow. And she suffered a little bit in that her friends are all like she's there's certain friends that don't live nearby that she's lost touch with because they're only on Snapchat because you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That and she's she's not, you know, in the know on every single thing. And her friends know that, OK, if you want to reach her, you got to you actually got to call. Pick up the phone you know I mean? and call. I know the mm-hmm. disconnect. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. But I see that that self-awareness um, and to be happening in somebody so young is really I am awed by it because I look back at myself at that age and how asleep I was. Like I was, I was so asleep, like really asleep, asleep, asleep. Like up until really um, the time that I was in, you know, in my late thirties, I was very asleep. Um, and it wasn't, I think, you know, for most of us, it takes some big life shift. It takes a big, you know, for me, it was a divorce um, that, that woke me up. And I think it's for most, but, but now I'm seeing it happen, you know, for my daughter, it didn't take that. She's just, Oh, guess what? I'm deleting my apps. I'm totally, you know, stepping That's apart huge, from everything though. expected of me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and I, I give her credit too and tell her, tell her that because you know, it's, it's hard for me here. I am, I'm in my fifties and I've got to do all the social media stuff. Now, when I first did Facebook, I'll throw this out there, it was really cool because I grew up in Ohio and then moved to New Mexico, um, you know, moved to Michigan, then New Mexico, and I'm New Mexico, Texas, back and forth. And I didn't see any of the people that I went to grade school with or junior high. So that was really, really cool that I could yeah. connect with these people. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, it's there is a downside. You know, do you want everybody to know what you're doing? Um, <laughs> are they doing better than me? I don't know. But I, I'm to a point, I guess, in my life where I'm not so judgy and I don't care and I'm just myself. But I do. But I am very careful about what I put out there. But I could see as a young girl, I mean, it's hard. I mean, they have enough pressure. Kids do as it is yeah. these days, yeah. let alone to have that kind of pressure. And so I love that she did that. And yeah. I love that they have to call her. I don't like when people text. It's almost like, I don't like, I don't want to call you. So I'm just going to make life easy for myself. And I'm going to text. <laughs> don't you think that? I mean, come on. I mean, it's too easy. It's like the easy way out. You know what I mean? It is the easy way. <laughs> I don't know. Like sex on the city. Do you ever watch that episode where, where the guy like uh, breaks up with her with a sticky note or something oh, like that's what it reminds me of. Right. So anyway, <laughs> no. And I love what you're doing because you are actually what you're doing with this stuff that you're the soul types and everything. And is you're connecting us again. Thank you very much. It it is to me it is an amazing thing that happens when people all of a sudden see they see themselves and especially in relationship to others and it's amazing with what happens with their relationships. So when families get a hold of this and start to understand the role that they each play in the family dynamic um, but I, I'm particularly excited about what it does for people who are, because especially the people who are trying to start businesses, there are a lot of people like like you, like solopreneurs who are out there trying to do these heart-centered businesses, and they mm-hmm. can't figure out how to make them work. And I think given the way that the world is shifting and the energy is shifting, that there's going to be more and more people that are going to be moving to to having their own businesses. People want to do this, but they need to be able to figure out how to make it work, how to make a living for themselves, how to support themselves. And well, yeah. Yeah. So I think if, if I can help with that, um, and it's, and here's the coolest part about it is that it's not just about making a successful business. It's that I think that business is one of the best spiritual gyms 
that you can find, that it is it is an amazing place to confront yourself and your limitations, that, that I think the way that we grow as a soul is to become more and more flexible, to begin to incorporate more and more of these other different soul types, that we have the ones that we're comfortable with, and then those other ones that we're not comfortable with sort of trigger us, right? They make right. us uncomfortable. They push us out yeah. of our comfort zone. We can't, we go, oh, I'm not good at math. I can't do that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and when you're in business, you have to. If you want your business to succeed, you have to step into it. And when you don't, you fail. So it gives you a place um, where you're committed to your own soul growth. You just need a framework in which to do it. And that's why I'm creating Business Energetics is to provide that framework so that people don't just sit in the same loop of struggle, struggle, right. and then give up. I want to, okay, you're doing it. Let's Let's make it count. Let's do it. Let's make you succeed and help you see the areas where you need to focus and what's where, what, you know, what are you missing? What are you, where are you blocked? So it's super exciting. And I think it's very exciting. Yes. Now, if people want to, if, if people want to connect with you and they want to do coaching, how do they do that? Um, I'm on the apps. I'm on the Wisdom Soup app, and then um, from uh, my website, AnTucker.com. So I just I just ran the last mastermind. It's in process right now, um, but there's a uh, when you say mastermind, explain to the audience what that oh, means. Oh, certainly. So I have a group of people that are currently <laughs> that I'm currently working with that are all uh, solopreneurs and solo practitioners that we're Ooh. going through a 90 day um, uh, program together where they're learning all of the different energies. Um, and what's cool about it in a mastermind context is that I have people in there that are every different soul type. So as you're trying to understand what each person brings, we have all the pieces of the puzzle there for them to learn from each other. So when you're missing a certain piece, you get the perspective right there in the group, which is very, very cool. Now, is this done? So, so is it done online or this particular mastermind person? is all? This is my beta group. So, this is the group that that's working with it through me as I as I work through all of my material and make sure that it's easy to understand. So, this okay. one is is in per. It's it's, it's I'm doing a, a live teaching, but yeah. I'm gonna perfect it from this, and then down the road I will have a recorded program that'll be at a much lower price point for people. Okay, and then you'll put it online, and if people want to take your class, they can. I do that it, with. Some exactly that is so cool thank god we have this technology right oh i know right (laughs) so i have a question why do you think god picked you gosh big question i mean i do know that it's not my first time here (laughs) that i've been around the block many many times i know that okay um and I think it was, but I mean, I think we're all here, we're here to serve, but we're also here for our own soul growth so that, you know, all of us, none of us are there yet. None of us are done. <laughs> we're all still baking. And so this, this particular turn for me, it, um, I came in with my own karma. So I've, I've had two marriages, both of them were karmic relationships. Um, and I'm clear of that now, which is like, woohoo, I feel like a yeah. major milestones in my life. Um, but, but it was, so I came to clear stuff too, and to raise my vibration. So, um, I, I came in with the the tools and, and things that I needed to be able to do this. And this was my, as a matter of fact, I've had a lot of dreams about my life between lives planning this lifetime. Oh, wow. I know, which is pretty awesome. It's very cool. So, so, and I've seen myself planning all of these events and this, this course is what I came to teach. And this is what I, um, which is. It's pretty awesome to have figured that out. I'm pretty excited about that. 
But wow. um, but I also know that all of like the relationships that I've had, the kids that I have, all of it was pre-planned and designed to, to try to push me towards the soul growth that I was hoping to accomplish in this lifetime to raise my own vibration. That's so fantastic. And a lot of people never get to that point where they realize this is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I think Personally, I mean, I finally have figured out what I'm supposed to do, yeah. <clears throat> and that's to speak and, and to bring people like you in and to, to open people up and to connect and, and to teach people about uh, a higher power and to make people more spiritual. And I, when, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, wow. So God put her at Microsoft and he did all these things. I mean, do you look back now and think, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize that I would be here. I mean, doesn't that kind of blow your mind? You would not believe the, it is, it is astounding to me as I was putting the course together, getting ready to teach it all of a sudden, it would be like, oh my gosh, this really amazing thing I learned over here is exactly what I needed for this piece of the course. It, mm -hmm. Everything, it was literally like I had just all my life been collecting all the pieces and I didn't even know it. And so, yeah, it was super guided, super guided. You are proof that we all come here with a mission and sometimes we get off our path and we don't know what our mission is. But if you kind of, I always think if you meditate and you really try to search within yourself, you can find out why you're here, don't you? Oh, for sure. I really do. As a matter of fact, I've been um, doing a really fun new way of meditating okay. that um, allows you to, and I know we're running low on time, but it, it is. Uh, oh, no, talk to us about it. Tell us. It, um, it allows you to get really clear messages from your guides every time. Um, okay. And it's, it's, yeah. So, so all you do is you, you drop in and you allow yourself to get, you know, have you ever been daydreaming and all of a sudden yeah. you'll actually get slightly asleep and your daydream will turn into like a mini dream, but you're still awake. Okay. That's it. And you, you learn to do it. So I can get there now in about 10 minutes. Um, and you just, you sit with it. You allow yourself, just allow yourself to get drowsy, get heavy. You're moving into that, to that somnambulistic state that you get into in hypnotherapy, but you allow yourself to drip into the drift in that state. And then you keep a notepad near you. And then you just watch what your, where your thoughts go. You're not trying to stop your thoughts or govern your thoughts. You just watch your thoughts, but they'll start shifting back and forth between words and imagery. And when that happens, you know, you're getting close and then you just stay with it. And then eventually you'll notice that there's something that pops into your head that is not, it'll be like a camel in a shopping cart, you know, something weird. That's clearly a dream. <laughs> so, that's what, so then you come out and you write that down and it's just a snippet, but you write it down. And then if it's not clear what it means, you go back in and you, and they'll give you the same meaning in two or three different ways. And you're able to, to sort of Until cross, you get it. Right. So you get it, right? If you don't get it the first time, they'll keep trying. And then I use a phenomenal dream dictionary, Michael Sheridan's dream dictionary, which is at oh uh, Ainsling dream dictionary is the, the best. So that's, I use oh, that to cool. help me interpret the symbols. But, Thank you for sharing that with us because yeah. you know a lot of us meditate and I think that's wonderful. And that's how I get my information as, as far as I think a lot of people do, but now you've given us a new way. Thank you so much, Anne, for coming on and teaching us all this cool stuff. Hey, guys, next week we've got another guest, and she's got a wonderful book. It's going to be Noah Belling, and she's going to tell us about the mindful body. So it'll be Build Emotional Strength and Manage Stress from Your Body Mindfulness. And that's next week on The High Road. Hey, Anne, thanks so much. Hey, you guys, if you want to get her book, I'm sure you can get it at Amazon, or you can visit her at anntucker.com and um, check out her app it's called wisdom soup you can download it from itunes take care
Hey, you guys, join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know when you stay on the high road, you make it to your destination. Visit my website at nancyyearout.com where you can sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading. If you have any questions, please email me at nancyyearout at gmail.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T at gmail.com. This is Nancy Yearout lighting the way to your high road to success. Right now, right now I'm switching to a new lane. Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing. Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame. Head to the clouds, ain't. It's like, can